0: I am here with the beautiful Anna Costa,
1: Hello.
0: Um, of Anna, no, of Michael and Anna <laughs> Costa. We should switch it, huh? <laughs> full name of the company is?
1: So the full name of the company is Michael and Anna Costa Photography.
0: Great. You are my first West Coast um, <laughs> human interviewee <laughs> shall we on, say on the uh, wedding wisdom podcast yay we're so honored anna and michael uh so i'm just gonna refer to you guys as anna because when i say <laughs> anna I'm, I'm, I'm talking about both of you so right exactly but anna was just featured on the cover her work was featured on the cover of carrots and cake magazine
1: yeah, so Carrots and Cake featured a gorgeous wedding that we did um in Santa Barbara, which is where we live. We we shoot all over, but we, you know, live and work here as well, obviously. And it was at a beautiful wedding called the Belmont El Encanto. And it's this gorgeous venue. It is up in the the Riviera. So um Santa Barbara's considered the American Riviera. It's a destination location. It's People come from all over the world to have their weddings here. And this particular client actually came from Singapore. So they came from really far away. Wow. Yeah, to have their wedding in Santa Barbara. And they hired um, the amazing Joy Proctor, who's an incredible event planner, who is just like amazing um, for us every time we get to work with her. And she's that's so she's from
0: Oregon, right? That's the one you discussed. She was from Santa Barbara and moved to Oregon and, fly, yeah. and flies in for...
1: well. Yeah. Well, she's originally from Swaziland. uh She's from South Africa and she uh, made her way out to Santa Barbara, which is where we met and have worked with her, you know, a ton. And then she uh, is now in, in Portland. Um, I think her family has uh, mostly settled up there. So she's in Portland and she, she goes all over the world as well, shooting weddings and she's incredible. So. And it's, uh, I believe, still on their main page. If you go to
0: uh, carrotsandcake.com, you'll see. Is that on the cover, actually, you, that, that first picture?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, this really beautiful, you know, El Encanto has this gorgeous reflecting pond. So they had actually built a... What's a the name of the place again? It's called uh, Belmond L and El
0: L and Cocktail. Encanto, so... Encanto?
1: Yes. I'm in, sorry. El in Encanto. Cocktails. Everything out here is, you know... A, Spanish. A Spanish, yeah, exactly. Right. So, yeah, so it was just such a beautiful setting and spot, and uh, the photos turned out so pretty, and I, how could they not? There was garlands just strung over the entire reflecting pond, and there was a custom-built bridge that the bride and groom walked down. So, yeah, it was gorgeous. <laughs>
0: All right, just so we can let everybody know, if you hear sounds in the background, my office is near a firehouse.
1: Oh, us too. So maybe we'll have dueling.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, I couldn't figure out whose it was because I have my windows closed. And also you have a baby.
1: I do. I have a little 10-month-old boy and we also have a seven-year-old girl. So
0: If you hear crying or whatever. If you hear
1: cooing in the background, it's it's, my... It's
0: it's good news.
1: It's my little bundle of joy.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Okay, so let's start from the beginning because we were just talking about the fact that I literally did four interviews this week, right? N- none of which I edited. Um, <laughs> but so it's going to be—you got know, your work a, cut out for you—a marathon couple of days. Um, <laughs> but what's interesting is that one of the one of the people I interviewed was a guy named Ira Levy who owns a place called Levy Lighting and was telling me so much about lighting. I wrote that to you and I said, Is that something you want to talk about? And your immediate reaction was, Oh my God.
1: <laughs> OMG,
0: lighting is huge for us. But in LA, you want to take it from there? I mean, in, yeah. on the West Coast. Yeah. So, um, you know, here on the West Coast, many
1: people travel from all over the world to have their weddings out here because of the weather. So the weather is. Amazing. I mean, Santa Barbara is generally seventy degrees, you know, year round. So, I mean, it really fluctuates about ten degrees from there mostly. And you know, around here it's comical because people will be like, "What's up with the weather lately?" And it'll be, you know, sixty to sixty degrees. Freezing. (laughs) You know, I can't believe it was it was fifty-seven degrees yesterday in the middle of the day. Like that is just unheard of. So. So people come here for the weather. and But when it comes to lighting, we are out sometimes in the middle of an expansive vineyard, you know, like out in, in the middle of nature. And we have video, our own video lights that we bring that we adjust because the lighting person is going to want the photo in the way that they intended the event to be lit, right? We need to capture that, um, the essence of that. But we also need to capture moments and expressions in people's faces. And we need to capture, you know, floral, like if the floral is pin spotted, you know, uh, we need to make sure that we capture that that the lighting person spent all day long adjusting these lights to pin spots. And people have spent a million
0: dollars on that.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, that, that, you know, to capture that those pin spots were done, but we just did a wedding for, um, an amazing company Bob Gale special events out here they did um, a, an amazing wedding weekend and they did the bridal brunch they did the groom's tennis match they did the rehearsal dinner they did the wedding the day of the wedding and then they did the brunch the day after right so all those events specifically at this of uh, this venue Ojai Valley Inn and spa they had this unbelievable golf course so a lot of times we're shooting the groom with his guys on the golf course but this particular time they wanted to do a tennis match so while the groom was kind of doing his tennis match with the guys. The bride was doing a bridal luncheon um, with all of her female wedding guests, you know, so they kind of, they're doing a full weekend of events. It's not just the wedding day. It's all these activities and things happening.
0: Which is very interesting because uh, up till now, until I sit, I'm actually actually planning on returning to this amazing planner named, um, designer named David Beam, who does a lot of destination. Right, right, right. I haven't spoken to him, but I'm sure he's been to um, you guys, to Ohio Valley or somewhere. Right?
1: Oh, I'm, I'm sure he's been out there. It's a gorgeous five star uh, resort. It's you know, And it's, I wouldn't
0: be shocked if you guys worked together.
1: Oh, that would be amazing. That would be absolutely incredible. Um, I loved year and Be with him, by the way. He was awesome. And I loved how he knew what spectrums of light um, digital photography can read and not read. And I loved his attention to detail, especially knowing the, the waves of light that photography can pick up on and not pick up on, especially for digital. So, and we shoot both film and digital. So you guys had talked about the analog versus the digital and how some things for film pick up a certain way differently than digital. And, you know, what I hear constantly when brides call me all the time is, uh, I, I don't, take great pictures or you know we're awkward in front of the camera but what people don't realize is that everyone's awkward in front of the camera for the most part because we're not used to having a professional photographer there to take pictures of you you know people get these they they get on the side of a frame right and they don't realize that a normal regular camera has distortion the lens has distortion so if you get on the edge of that frame you're going to look 10 pounds chubbier because you 're on the edge of the frame versus being in the middle of the frame you know oh, and so people wow. are used to getting shots taken all the time um that are unflattering when they do group pictures and what and they and they think in their mind because of that experience That's that they, they don't are. take good pictures and it's like no you haven't been in front of a professional <laughs> who is all a variety of different lenses there's a variety of different lighting techniques you right. know that is going to be able to capture you extremely flattering and people are always blown away when i show them a few shots if i'm shooting digital in the moment and they have no idea what I'm shooting. And then they see the photo and they are, they didn't even realize what it was I was doing, you know? So that's a beautiful perk of the job is making people feel confident. How do you get them relaxed and relaxed? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's a really good question actually, because it's hard for a bride and groom to envision this day in general, because they have never done this before. So this is a one-time learning curve for them. But from a photographer's perspective, for us who have done this hundreds of times, uh, we know that when we are going to start shooting a bride and groom, that we're going to just ease into it. We're going to talk to them. We're going to laugh with them. We're going to joke with them and we're going to just get their wall down. We're not going to, bring up our camera and start asking them to do poses, you know, make them feel on the spot. That's not what we're going to do. Or say, Hey, let's just let, let's, oh, the light's so pretty over here. Let's just walk over here. What did you guys think about that? Oh my goodness. Did you see the reception details? You know, did you, did you guys get to see that before everybody else? And then they start talking about the day or whatever the conversation might be. And then we go, Oh, we'll go over there for a second. We take a couple frames. frames, oh, you know, just, just interact for, you know, just look at each other You know? and we get these moments in between.
0: Oh, the moment.
1: Great. Okay. And we're just chatting, we're just having a great time with them. We're, you know, enjoying the moment with them, which I think is so important. We want this couple to actually enjoy their wedding day, believe it or not. <laughs> like We want them to actually enjoy it. There's so many nerves leading up to the wedding, right? So once the wedding actually starts and the bride and grooms start to feel a little bit more relaxed and they start to be able to enjoy the wedding day, and maybe they've had a glass of champagne or wine, that always helps a little bit too. But always? we just, you know, Help them enjoy the day by being in the moment and relishing in it with them versus, okay, well, we only have so much time and the cocktail hour is happening of you know, we gotta get over here, we gotta get this shot. And the, there are people that shoot frantically yeah. like that, but then right. we can't capture our clients in the feelings and emotions that we want them to be having. You know, we want them to look back on these images and then remember how they felt when they were out in that. Vineyard with that glass of wine just by themselves for a minute you know, the guests are over there you can hear them chattering in the background and the, the bride and groom are separate and they're having a kind of a a little more relaxed moment just together on their own wedding day And then we capture that moment, you know, that's you know That decisive moment like we were talking about before with the the All henry right. cartier brisson um, right that decisive moment and so for us, it's about capturing this wedding from start to finish so that when you look back on it, it's almost like a dream that you had, but we were able to somehow take pictures of it, if that makes sense. We want the photos to be romantic and whimsical, and we want them to feel like a daydream more than this is exactly what happened and this is you know the <clears throat> exact time that this you know occurred. We want it to look back and have it be the emotion of what they felt, not necessarily the reality of what happened that
0: makes sense that's exactly right i mean it is it's it's the essence now it sounds corny because i'm trying to recap what you were saying but i mean it's kind of the essence of the party right not the exact
1: yeah and you know if you think about art you know wedding is like all these artists coming together for this event right it's like you've got uh, of an unbelievable um pastry chef doing this cake right this, this work mm. of art themselves you've got floral designers doing this beautiful floral artwork you've got you coming in with the band and the music which you know is a huge part of my heart because I grew up doing instruments and in musical theater and we talked about that before right. um and the photography is kind of the the pinnacle of bringing all those things together because it's the only thing that you have left over after that wedding day to remember all of that beautiful artwork by. And so I think that's just a big part of why art's so important in life is that we want to be able to have these experiences in life that are elevated and that make us feel emotions and feelings that are beyond just our day-to-day grind. And I think that's another reason why actually wedding celebrations are so important too we should have a chance in our life to celebrate and we should have a chance to do something that brings us feelings and emotions that are above and beyond our day-to-day grind and to take the time to celebrate i think it's really important um and you know you've seen amazing oh, unbelievable over-the-top weddings i've seen amazing over-the-top weddings and sometimes we might wonder like how you know uh, realistic is this, and why are we doing this? And I think that's the reason why. You know, there's there's time to celebrate, whether it is a um, over the top event or it's an intimate elopement or whatever. We've seen everything in between. Mm-hmm. We should be celebrating, and to capture the, those moments of celebration through photography, and to have people be able to relive those emotions again um, by viewing that the photos more like i said as a a daydream that you're able to capture versus uh something so realistic i think just brings an added beauty to life
0: Yeah, that is just perfect i actually i wanted oh. to even let a moment go by so i wouldn't be interrupting you because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was just like perfectly said let me ask you a couple of quickies sure when you're talking about outdoors mm-hmm. you're talking about it being a destination place It just occurred to me if it's indoors, there's kind of no sense of it being a destination because a ballroom is a ballroom. I mean, the classic New York wedding is black tie in a ballroom at night on a Saturday night. And you're talking about outdoors. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Well, we are outdoors even if the wedding is in a ballroom.
1: Okay. So like if... so. From a photography perspective, we actually do a timeline with our client that includes daylight hours. So even if we were, let's say, in New York City, we would be still taking into consideration um, the lighting for the getting ready. So window light coming in through the hotel room, right? We would be taking the couple most likely um, to surrounding areas that might have a little bit more daylight
0: Central Park. And-
1: exactly, right? So we're going to take bride and groom pictures somewhere on that day in daylight. And that backdrop does matter. You know, being in Central Park is beautiful. And taking pictures, you know, we've obviously shot New York City and we, you know, we shot the getting ready at the Carlisle and then we went to the church and then we went to Central Park and then we went out to, I think it was maybe Chelsea Pierce or something like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, we were we were still capturing the landscape of this beautiful place um, throughout the day. And we specifically organized it that way. You know, every single client I talk to, we talk about timing. We talk about lighting. If there's daylight savings involved, we talk about that because if the bride and groom have, let's say, scheduled a 4 p.m. ceremony in a church, guess what? You're going to get out of that church. It's going to be completely pitch black dark for the rest of the night, right? And there's not going to be any daylight, natural light to be shooting this couple in if they didn't do, let's say, a first look before the ceremony. So things like that come up a lot. And we tailor every single event. Now, to- again, let's,
0: let's. Uh, I mean, because this is for brides and yeah. groups per, for the most part. Um, Just describe that first look, because it's a term I've heard several times.
1: Right. So a first look is when uh, we set up a meeting of the bride and groom to see each other and have that experience, seeing each other, that first look, that first glance of the day where the bride's completely done. She's all like beautiful. She's literally just walked out of the hotel room having every final detail done. And we said to the groom and, and capture his expression when he sees her for the first time on their wedding day. And, yeah, you know, obviously tradition is usually the groom sees the bride um, at the end of the aisle, right? Uh, mm-hmm. During the yeah. wedding ceremony. But I like the first look because it's a, it can be a private moment between the two of them. So instead of them being on display with the whole crowd, they're able to have that moment just together which I think is super beautiful. And I've seen Bride and Grooms, um, it just relieves a, it. just relieves this huge amount of anticipation. Like they're just so excited to see each other. It's just the sweetest thing like they, and they start talking and you know, the bride will say something that happened that morning and the groom will say something else. And, and I feel like it's so much more genuine because it's just the two of them. And we're able to capture that moment. Um, and then that also allows us the flexibility because we can schedule that first look at any time of the day, right? So, I mean, if we want that to happen super early in the day, we can do that. And then we can schedule time to take pictures at our more our leisure than this really hectic cocktail hour after the ceremony mm-hmm. <laughs> where the bride and groom have literally just gone through this ceremony they walk down the aisle and then we're trying to get family pictures done and bridal pictures done bridal party and the reception details before they get messed up because rarely is that reception ballroom or the outdoor space really done until honestly a few minutes before um the ceremony's over or even they invite people in from cocktail hour so we have a limited time to shoot all these things not to mention the some nice ones with the bride and groom, right? Do they want mm-hmm. a few pictures together on their wedding <laughs> yeah. day? You know? So if we do the first look, it gives us that that luxury to now um, have more time to take these pictures at
0: leisure and not necessarily in the super rushed- You have this incredible moment captured already. And in, we have this private
1: moment. And it's really about having two amazing moments on the wedding day because I think what bride and grooms don't realize- because in their mind, the tradition of seeing each other, you know, walking down the aisle is so strong is that it's not the emotion of the groom seeing the bride beautiful. It's the emotion of the bride walking towards the groom to be married on their wedding day. And that moment is an amazing moment, regardless if you've seen how she looks before or not.
0: If Obviously, that makes sense. Yeah. Unless it's an arranged marriage. you. Yeah. <laughs> Very good chance you've seen her.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's the emotion of this is happening. You know, you're, you're walking down the aisle to commit your lives to each other. That is a momentous moment in itself. So
0: it really is.
1: Yeah, it really is. It's huge. What they've experienced with this person that's led them up to this day is something that they could never express in words you know they try to through their vows you know they could never express it's in that emotion of seeing that person walk towards you that is unexplainable there's something unexplainable about those connections that we make with the people that we love in life and i do feel that um well again with the wedding celebration because i guess i've thought about this i've been to so many of them but Another huge reason why this is just so momentous is that I think most people would agree that the most important thing in life is family, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just everything, being a parent and being married and having an amazing family. It's everything. And a wedding is like that first seedling of a family. And it's just so beautiful. You know, it's just these two people coming together to create another family. And it's literally just the seed at that point, you know, and it grows Damn, from there. You are,
0: you are well-spoken.
1: I <laughs> thought of this before. I just like, this <laughs> is like a very deep thing because when you work in this industry, right, we're yeah. around celebration and happy times and a lot of it, for lack of a better word, excess, honestly. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure. you see a lot of excess and, um, so I think i just had to like dig deep on the meaning of this because there's, you know, people around us that are doing other things in life, like, you know, social work or <laughs> saving lives, you know, doctors or emergency room. And sometimes you're like, I am do weddings. What's the point of that? But so I thought about this and I do, I just feel like the celebration of family is of the utmost importance, you know, to, to celebrate that, take the time away from that. Um, it's it's everything you know for us to have those moments in life that are that are happy.
0: No, that is, is that is beautifully said. I, it's funny. I had a, a photographer friend of mine. Uh, she was one of the first people I I had on the podcast. She's the one who told me about the decisive moment. Right, and, right. <laughs> um, she had this saying that she says I, I shoot for the grandchildren.
1: I love that. I love that's a great photographer right there. That's a great photographer. It's so true, and she's probably. Uh, It happens all the time and it is sad to say, but, you know, we photograph these people that in, in this group, these are VIP people, right? When you're talking about parents, grandparents, um, the babies that are there at that time period. And, and what can happen is someone will call you a year later, five years later, 10 years later and say, you know, my, my father passed away. Do you have do you still have these photos or whatever? Oh. And that's happened many times. And sometimes it's even more sad. It might be um, someone who, who passed too early in life, you know, and to have these photos of these people and especially really good photos and at a mm. happy time. And, you know, not just snapshots, but some, something where someone took the care to photograph these important people well and beautifully. They, mm-hmm. they, the investment that you made in the beginning starts to compound into a priceless place over time, you know, okay. uh, because of the the people that were there that that were captured on that important day. So yeah, shooting for the grandchildren, they want to see these pictures too, you know? And
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. And, and uh, I can't remember exactly what Melanie said, but it was something to the effect of like, wow, grandma, you, you were hot. Oh, I was <laughs> just <know>? saying <laughs>
1: that to my daughter the other day. Actually, it was so poignant <laughs> is that I was, because my my grandmother who's my daughter's great grandmother is you know older and she looks to a little girl probably kind of scary i remember seeing my great grandmother when she was like in the hospital and then Whatever, she looked kind of scary to me at the time. But I was yeah. telling my daughter, Grandma was gorgeous. She got proposed to nineteen times during, you know, the war in the world, you know, because everyone was trying to get married. <laughs> she got proposed to nineteen times. And my daughter keeps asking, I want to see a picture of uh, Grandma D. I want to see a picture. I'm like, okay, I gotta go to my mom's and find these pictures to show her how gorgeous my grandma was. And she's a knockout. And oh, uh... you know, it is important for posterity, these pictures, they really are priceless.
0: Ah, so I'll tell them, all right. So Melanie would be very pleased.
1: Yeah,
0: um, absolutely. All right, so the one question that I still am a little confused about, unless I just fly out there and hang out with you and Michael. And Please I'm just, do. <laughs> I, I'm counting on it. But um, the whole thing about being outdoors as opposed to the whole thing being indoors. Yeah, I do like, want to talk about actually that. These elegant, super fancy, over-the-top parties, are they during the day day are they like from two to six
1: they're the same they're really the same time frame yeah they're still the same time frame as you're talking about except that there are some noise ordinance issues here that you would not have in new york city um because since we're out in these outdoor areas the surrounding neighbors even if they're not that close it's it's a big um it's a big issue here. Okay. So we have a lot of town hall meetings around this, this topic of noise ordinance, because we live in a place that has an unbelievable amount of states. I mean, this is where Oprah lives for goodness sakes. She's got a huge compound right in the middle of Montecito and you know, Montecito's our neighbor here in Santa Barbara. So ask her if she wants to come on the podcast. Yeah, these. <laughs> yeah, Estates are unbelievably gorgeous and we're surrounded by them So there's a noise ordinance issue that comes up in this area that wouldn't come up in New York City But putting that aside the time frame is still about the same Except it can sometimes end at 10 because of the noise ordinance and not be able to go past 10 So people run into that issue, but in terms of the photography aspect we're still always going to work with low lighting. And I actually just posted yesterday um, three weddings on Insta stories that were low lighting because our work, we show so much natural lighting that people are wondering, what does the work look like in low lighting? And so right. I posted three weddings so people could see we've got low lighting down to a science. You know, it's like we know how to work with it. It is beautiful. We bring our own lights or we work with natural Light or we work with the lighting that the amazing lighting designers have set up for us as well. So, yeah. but I do like to consult a little bit with my clients on lighting, um, for things that they may not be realizing. Uh, for instance, we did a wedding in downtown LA, the bride and groom got married on this, um, gorgeous store staircase. Mm-hmm. And I went and did a site visit beforehand and it I just you, I just said, you're going to need lighting for this. We need lighting because as I'm shooting you during the ceremony, even though you've got kind of you know, these amazing chandeliers up here and you've got this, uh, your faces are going to be kind of muddled and murky unless we get some beautiful lighting right on your faces. And so we oh, got some professional okay. lighting in to light that one spot. And that was really key for that wedding. I mean, it, it could make or break that. Um, event or that wedding so I'd like to be involved in some of these details as we as we get closer to the wedding um, event to make sure photography wise everything is going to be lit either beautifully for us or we make some adjustments that we need to do like I said bringing in some lighting Um, or we switch around the schedule a little bit so It's, it's a huge, it's a huge thing. And shooting both film, the still photography film and digital really helps with that.
0: Um, That's the final thing I wanted to, I wanted you to get to, because last time we were talking, you described that so beautifully, the difference between digital and film. And I think most of us, you know, amateur photographers, you know, everyone's got a camera. Right. You were saying everyone's got a camera on their phone. Right. Um, um, Which is another question. All right. You ready? Yeah, because this always bothers me. I'm playing for the ceremony. Every phone comes up as soon as the bride starts walking down the aisle, and I'm saying, "Guys, enjoy the moment. You've got a professional photographer there.
1: Oh my God! What do you think
0: you're going to get out of your iPhone that Anacostia's not going to pick up?
1: Well, not only that, but now this person is in my frame.
0: Okay, so it's it's doubly annoying. Talk about that because a lot of people don't know that, and (laughs) I can't stand up and say, "Guys." (laughs) <laughs> you know, be cool.
1: There needs to be a, um, just a very gentle announcement in the beginning of the ceremony to please relax, enjoy the bridegroom would like for, you know, phones to be put away during the ceremony. Then they'll share photos with you later from the photographers because people, you know, get out their phone, then their arm is in the aisle. Then they start edging into the aisle, you know, as the bride walks down and I'm trying to shoot the bride, you know, either from behind or, you know, from the front of the aisle or behind, depending on how Michael and I work it out. But uh, now right. I've got someone's arm with their iPhone in my frame, <laughs> or or when the bride and groom kiss, and then everyone wants to take a picture of them right when they kiss. And now I've got arms and legs and butts in my in my frame.
0: So. And flashes, <laughs> and arbitrary flashes too.
1: Yeah. So there needs to be um, an announcement made by
0: the officiant gently. Is that something that you ask? Affiliates to do. I always wanted to. Uh, I always wondered about.
1: I that. I like to, like I said, consult with the bride and groom. Obviously, on best yeah. Practices. Everything we
0: do. I mean that yeah. that has to go without saying. Every every choice that I make, every choice that you make, every choice that everybody makes, is with the consent of the bride and groom.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I I try to consult them on best practices in general. I, there's so many of these details that I go through with them on the wedding day. To be honest with you, there's so many of these tiny little details like. Um, Heat lamps. Another thing that we deal with out here on the West Coast all the time is heat lamps. And I hate them. They're such an eyesore. And (laughs) it's a big hassle because what happens is that the rental company comes, right? They drop off the custom chairs and tables and linens and blah, blah, blah. They also at the same time drop off the heat lamps, right? So they drop them off and then they leave. So in order to not have those heat lamps there, you have to have staff on hand to roll them in as needed versus to drop them off in place and just leave them there. From a photographer perspective, I want everyone to budget extra to have the staff on hand with the heat lamps out of sight, where they're not in my frame, they're not in my photo. Because imagine someone spends a hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars on this gorgeous, unbelievably over-the-top event, and mm-hmm. I go in to show, shoot the details. Right. And there's a heat lamp in my frame, like an ugly old janky. It's been used a million times at a bunch of different, you know, heat lamp. I don't even care if you spring for the nice heat lamps, you know, the prettier <laughs> looking ones. Do not want heat lamps in my shot. So those kind of
0: details I talk through. I think janky is going to be my oh, favorite. Oh, janky.
1: One. <laughs> I just I can't, It didn't occur to it, me. I so just, a,
0: a heat lamp is a heat lamp. Exactly. I, I have
1: to I have to calm down. I get on my soapbox about heat lamps a lot. But um No, it's a it, good <laughs> thing
0: for you to No, honestly, it's a good thing for you to be able to say to the bride, This is an expense. It seems like I'm asking you to spend more money. People don't mind the cost if you can justify it, if you can give them reason for it. Right. Yeah. I mean, some absolutely. are esoteric. It's like, you know, okay.
1: Right. And you know but, Every, but this is real specific. This is a specific thing. And I, yeah, anyways, we could probably go on for a while about the No, heat but lamps.
0: that's true. It's something that the bride would never think of.
1: No. And, you know, lamps. and most planners do think of it. So most planners are already going to take the time to figure out the logistics of that
0: mm-hmm. um, because
1: they don't want heat lamps in their photos either. But this is also a detail that can sometimes, with the hustle and bustle of everything that's happened, sort of slip through the cracks. And the rental companies really used to dropping these things off and just putting them and then leaving it. So that's why I make an extra effort on that end because the wedding day is not the day just for me to start trying to move with heat lamps. you know. What I mean? But these little details make such a big difference. And so that's why. Yeah, that's you know, what I wanted you to talk about. I'm that's always what... consulting with my clients on little things. I want to be involved. You know, Michael and I both like to see what people are choosing as they go along and again these wedding planners do an unbelievable job but we you know once in a while there's a tiny little tweak of something that we would like to throw in there because from a photographer's perspective we understand all the steps it takes to get a great shot and there might be one or two things that are going to make that harder for us so we'd rather tweak that up front if possible rather than show up to the wedding go oh i wish they would have like let me know because Mm -hmm. this isn't as great and this doesn't photograph, this color doesn't photograph wonderfully or whatever. Um, So that's huge. And then the film, you know, film has such a beautiful painterly quality to it. When, you know, if we're going back to the concept of why art's important, you know, film is literally uh, microscopic crystals that when the light hits it, they bleed into each other to create the image. Okay. So that they're light sensitive and they create this beautiful painterly looking image that is very classic but also whimsical and it has a dreaminess to it and we shoot on a medium format camera as well uh that has a beautiful zero distortion Carl Zeiss lens that um we shoot on a contact 645 and just shooting through this this camera is just absolutely magic um, and especially when you combine that with natural light and okay. uh, Michael I mean, I I wish we could have him on the podcast too. I know that we, <laughs> the two of us, is like too many people talking. But um, he would love to go into the nitty gritty details of of the Carl Zeiss lens. But what is beautiful about it is that it's zero distortion. So when you look through this glass, you're not seeing anything distorted. And I, and I know it's hard to imagine, but you know, even our highest end lenses, our Canon series lenses that are unbelievable and amazing, there's a little bit of distortion in the in the glass, right? Just even if it's a minute amount. And apparently this lens is might possibly be the most perfect lens that was had that has been created because of of that glass of the way that when you're looking through it, you're not getting any distortion. Um through the lens. And so so it's, it's not a
0: coincidence that I see better. I mean, the, that they're perfect, more expensive, a little bit more expensive. It's not it's a coincidence. So it's so worth a quality. It for eyeglasses. It's a
1: quality. Absolutely. It's a quality. And then you combine that with medium format, uh, Fuji film. Um, we do shoot some co- um, Kodak as well sometimes, but the Fuji film has just this delicious, beautiful, um, quality to it. What people don't realize is that film had continued to be refined, right? All these years. I mean, film had been has been around for over a hundred years, and and that technology, in, of itself, had been refined. So these last stocks of film that have been coming out before digital were starting to just be uh, very refined, beautiful. The the skin tones on film are creamy and beautiful. A bride's face is going to look almost flawless, but then the colors are still going to have a vibrancy to it. So with digital, you know, the post-processing is so individual, right? You, you shoot the image and Mm -hmm. then in post-production you adjust it. And with film, it does get adjusted through the processing that the lab does and they do a beautiful job, but you can't take away this just dreaminess that is captured the moment that you click that shutter you know, just on being exposed on that frame of film. So there's a look and quality to it that is everything to us and our, um, and how we want to approach a wedding. Like we're going back to capturing a daydream. Mm-hmm. We're going to capture a daydream beautifully through shooting film. And so that's an amazing aspect of it.
0: So I don't have to ask you what you prefer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, there's pros and cons to both. There really well, is. Digital
0: is so much faster.
1: Well, digital actually sees almost like a in in it almost sees in the dark. That's what's amazing about digital. It's amazing for low lighting. You can shoot um, without flash for a really long time on digital. You know, if you want to just be capturing as much natural light or the or the ambient light that is there and using that, you can do that for so long on digital. And film looks amazing, but it has a as you start getting to the higher speed films, Mm -hmm. you start getting that real grainy look, which is cool in its own right. But when you're shooting a wedding that has so many moments that are happening, so many candid's that are happening, you know, the digital gives you that flexibility to capture a lot of this a lot faster than you might be able to with film. Um, So there's there really is pros and cons to both. And I would say our heart is really in the film, but digital gives us that, that extra flexibility that I feel like you just need when you're shooting a wedding.
0: It's more practical. Yeah. Is it more expensive to use film or for the It depends client? on how much you or care about you. your,
1: it depends on how much you value your time because the film comes back perfect. <laughs> the digital now oh, needs all the editing time.
0: Going to Photoshop. Yep.
1: Yeah. Photoshop and when you say
0: editing, is it do do you actually use um, what software do you use?
1: Well, we we mostly edit everything in Lightroom. Lightroom. okay. Um, yeah. It, you know, our clients, if they want, we can do almost anything. Uh, but that, like if somebody wants to take off 20 pounds or something, we can do that. We don't do that automatically. And that <laughs> then we would pull it into Photoshop. And Michael is a, a complete magician. I can't even believe the things that he has done. And in fact, not only that, but he has created all these unbelievable custom presets, uh, to, Make our film match as closely as possible to make our digital match as closely as possible to the film. Oh! So he's created some kind of preset concoction in Lightroom so that we can apply that to our digital, and it's going to match seamlessly um, to the film. You know, but you'll
0: be able to tell.
1: We can tell the difference. (laughs) Yeah, and it's it. You know it. A lot of people wouldn't be able to tell the difference, but that's the thing about being a professional, right? Like with you and your your band, like yeah. you notice if someone needs to tune their whatever saxophone or something like that. Right. We might not quite notice that, but you do, and you care about that detail, and that's right. the same with of us. Course. You yeah. know, you always want to elevate
0: as much as possible. So, well, Anna, this is absolutely perfect.
1: Oh, thank you so much
0: for having me and us. I should say Michael's here in spirit (laughs) and in all honesty, we did this before we did this last week, right? Because I wanted Michael to be on it as well. And, um, the sound was kind of, what was your, uh, janky, (laughs) 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 you know, you know, so when you're doing this, you kind of, um, you have to be close to a microphone, which we both are now because right. like, I can see you and and like no one wouldn't know that we're not in the same room.
1: Right. Well, and also we were we were sort of talking over each other the whole time. So it's hard for it's Michael hard. and I it's to hard. not be vocal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we uh, we
0: both have always a lot to say. So anyways,
1: hope maybe you can interview him another time. Well, we'll
0: see. No, I'd love to. And, and we'll, yeah, we'll do Michael separately. And when I come out there, you know. We'll yes, video. exactly. Um, exactly. We'll take you I to
1: can't... all the spots.
0: I can't thank you enough. Anna, you're amazing.
1: Thank you so much. You're amazing. I'm so impressed with the podcast. I've learned so much. So I'm so excited to continue hearing all the amazing work you're doing as well. And more to come. I'm, I'll oh, am introduce you to all my friends.
0: Terrific. <laughs> all right. You're the best.
1: Thanks so much, Doug. Right. Bye.
0: Bye-bye.
1: That was fun. That was fun. Oh, now we can. Now, we, the, know, baby can sta- can now the baby talking. can stay. You can come talking.